Hello everybody, my name is Ben Wheeler and this is uh, a new podcast called Syndrome in which I speak to my friends around Fiji uh, during the lockdown that we are currently experiencing to discuss with them their favourite movies and why they like those films in particular. Today I'm speaking to my friend Kautia Tora who uh, is a very talented local performance artist who I've known for a couple of years now. And she's going to be taking me through some of her favourite movies. Uh, hi, Kautia. Yes, hi, how are you? I'm, I'm very well. I'm glad that we got the technical issues Out kind of, of sorted. Yeah, yeah we 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 are uh, we let's come clean and admit that we are two technophobes <laughs> who who are trying to remotely record this exactly. podcast. But exactly. I think we've nailed it now. Yes, first time for everything, sorted it out. <laughs> now you're ready for more uh, remote podcast recording. Exactly, I think it's going to be super simple from now on. Although, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, some of my uh, many of my friends seem to be as technophobic as we are. But there mm. you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, I'm I'm glad. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this because oh, uh, I've enjoyed no uh, sort of every now and again talking with you about movies, and I think that there is like a definite link between uh, sort of dance and performance art and and movies. Definitely. Um, yeah. What? Why do you like films? What? What? What do you? go to the cinema or go to a, a movie on on your TV or phone expecting, wanting? Honestly, I just want to be taken on like that journey. You know, um, I love adventure and I, I love following a story, but I also like to sit back and just be taken on that adventure. You know, um, going through all the emotions of, you know, like the what the character is doing, what the whole feel of the movie is. Yeah, so just in in short answer, I love being taken on a journey, and I think movies are the best way to to do that. Yeah, they're fantastic, right? So they transport you, and I and I love the idea of like the mm-hmm. identification, like you say, with the characters. Um, I I remember. Yeah like so I screened a few I did I run these film clubs here here in Suva and I've mm-hmm. done them for many many years and there, there's always a wonderful moment with any kind of audience where there starts off with a little bit of chatter in the room especially with students when I've been working at universities but there's always a moment where the where that journey or that identification starts and there's like a hush across the room exactly. and everyone's like invested exactly it's, so a, be- that's- it's a beautiful thing about film it's really it really is I think one of those straightforward if I may say like ways of just really taking someone there you know mm. yeah it's it's almost kind of mechanical in a way it's very very emotional but it's almost mm. mechanical the way it does it because it sort of reproduces our the way that we see the way that we hear it's all sort of catered for to absorb yeah. us into that world 
exactly whereas things like you know painting and poetry and, and dance and kind of performance like that it's 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 there's more room for interpretation there's it's, exactly. it's really interesting in other ways but but it's not so instantly kind of absorbing yes definitely uh interesting oh man i've started already so when i when i would <laughs> when i do these podcasts i use the word interesting a lot it's uh, like a, filler, <laughs> a filler word for me i'm gonna try very hard to stop doing that uh, so the, no the, the next thing <laughs> the next thing that i was gonna ask about is like what are some of your earliest memories of of watching movies or even going to the cinema yeah. Because that's that's a really fertile kind of ground for me, I think, to discuss. Exactly. Um, you know, I was born in, like, well, the late um, 90s. So I, you know, I came into, like, all the, the Disney stuff where it was already around and the Nickelodeon, all of that. So I, I always just remembered having movies and films to watch. But I think um, it, it wasn't like anything out of the norm for me. But what was really a turning point, I think, for, for my film watching was being taken to the cinemas. I think I was like six years old, about five or six. And I, my dad took me to watch The Legend of Zorro. And I was thinking wow. about it. I don't know how I was allowed in to watch the movie at five. But again, this is Fiji. So... Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't quite remember like what that movie was about or being interested in it. You know, too much going on for for a kid. Um, But soon after that, I did go to the cinemas with my grandmother, and she took us to watch Shock Boy and Lava Girl, and that was in 3D. So I was just completely amazed at the whole like idea of movies and that 3d concept and it was such a fun experience for me yeah that was that was my my favorite earliest memories of you know being in the cinema and watching a film yeah cool man i love that um that legend of zorro movie it's Mm. like a real guilty pleasure it really kind of taps into the the kind of classic swashbuckling adventures uh that that in fact it was based on because those zorro movies are kind of old yeah Um, so yeah that's a great place to start that's a great memory to have i think yeah Um, i don't i don't um i didn't find it interesting at all when i first watched it i was kind of like what is going on why is this man on a horse in a mask dad why (laughs) did you bring me here what what is happening um but you know i mean i'm older now so i have some sort of appreciation for it haven't seen it in ages have you seen it since you were six though have you seen it like maybe in your teenage years did you rewatch it and did it have any kind of nostalgia it, it did. I rewatched it. All the like the faces were so familiar, you know, and like the accents and the way they were talking and all of that. Just the whole feel of it felt felt familiar. I was uh, in my early teens <laughs> when I watched it again. Yeah, yeah. So that that it's interesting, isn't it? The way that that you sort of different times that you watch films, they can they can mean different things. So there's just this weird, nebulous 
memory of being at the cinema with your dad and, and enjoying this movie without understanding it. And then mm-hmm. there's another mm-hmm. memory of watching it and, and that's tied in with a previous memory. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's fascinating, man. Yeah, I feel I feel that way um, definitely about a lot of, the, well, also the Disney movies and the Pixar movie that I did mention I wanted to talk about today. But we can come back to that later. We can talk about that when, when we get there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, the, the, yeah, the Disney films, Disney films are great. So I, and and there's, there are some interesting things I can say about about watching and enjoying Disney films as a kid, and then mm. becoming a film student, and then a film lecturer, and having to reassess my love for Disney um, ideologically. But as yeah. you say, we can come back to that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I think we will, though, move move now um, seamlessly into some of the, your film choices. So what, what I asked you to do to sort of guide the discussion here is mm-hmm. is name, uh, is pick three films. We've gotten a yes. little bit cheeky and gone for four. I'm sorry. Uh, but we, we, can, we, can lump, we can lump those last two together because yes, uh, exactly. I, I would not ask you to choose. It would be too difficult oh. between those two movies. Uh, so that's a little tease. Uh, people know they're intrigued. Mm. What's this going to mm-hmm. be? Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the first films that we can discuss um, uh, is the, the film that you said uh, it came to your mind straight away, right? Which is yes, the, the, the sound 1965. Of music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I love that movie. I'm glad that you love mm-hmm. that movie. I'm glad that I can finally I can admit it. Uh, I've screened it several <laughs> times before. Uh, at film clubs, um, uh-huh. and, and it always has such a profound effect. But why? Why was it the first on your list? It's just, I mean, it's every. I mean, everybody has their tastes. You know what they like it, it, to see in a film, and this movie just ticked all of the boxes. And it's it's also one of the very first um, DVDs that I remember watching and I just fell so in love with it. The, the story and the acting and the, the dancing and the singing and it just felt so homey and happy and light. It was like, I, I, I wanted to be one of the Von Trapp children, you know, <laughs> dancing and singing every day. Definitely, yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I feel the same way, man. Um, I'm, I'm always, I always have this memory of, of when I was studying film, reading um, uh, like a chapter in a book by someone who was like a sort of Marxist film critic, uh, like from the Frankfurt School that basically suggests that, that all film is manufactured entertainment to distract the population from their servitude. <laughs> you know, uh, it's really kind of mm. hardcore Marxist reading. And right. then this guy was like, yeah, except, but except The Sound of Music, which is just <laughs> like the best movie in the world ever. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's agree. so funny. I, I mean, it's like just... Even the most diehard kind of uh, film critic cannot help but walk out of a screening of The Sound of Music feeling good. Yeah. You know? and, and I think that that is to do with the songs, as you mentioned, that, which are all amazing. Rogers mm-hmm. and Hammerstein, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what else though, think I think it... that like there's so many um, different little stories within this big story, you know, like she she's uh she's studying to be a nun but she is clearly this very free-spirited person still looking for adventure and all of that then there's um you know it was in an era where i think uh 
they were the Austrians were being annexed by Germany. Um, so all yeah. of that was going on as well. And then like the children at, you know, different stages of life, the oldest uh, girl, you know, wants to have a boyfriend and, you know, it's, it's, there's all sorts of little, little things happening in the story that I think are very relatable at different stages of your life as well. And you watch it at different stages and you pick up all the little things that, that are going on that you can relate to somehow. So, yeah. I right. still I still watch it and I I you know pick up something new every time. It's like oh, I didn't realize that was going on in the last movie. <laughs> last time I watched the movie, brother. Yeah, that's see that that's it's, in, it's interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. that relates back to uh, it, exactly what we were saying before about watching movies at, at different points in your life. You could probably watch The Sound of Music uh, like when you're. Uh, like as as young as the youngest, like six years old, and then like exactly. oh, watch it, watch it every couple of years until you're sixteen, going on seventeen, and uh, exactly. looking for a boyfriend, kind of deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, so, and and also, like you say, I mean, I think it's a key ingredient for any excellent film is Nazis. If you put Nazis in a movie, it becomes instantly <laughs> exactly. more exciting. <laughs> exactly. Give it a, a unexpected twist. It went, you know, from being all nice and butterflies and rainbows to being very dark for a little mm. bit. But then they all, you know, got out okay and everything was fine at the end. Yeah, exactly. But but it, it is it is quite uh, quite a whiplash little considering how happy go lucky it's been for so long. You know, exactly. There there, there is. Um, it is a good twist, a good sort of dark turn, but in the, what, I think it's over two hours. It's quite long. And I it think is. maybe 20 minutes of it is dark. The rest, <laughs> is, the rest is all kind of Exactly. Good yes. What, what's, uh, what's your favorite song before we, before we move on? That That's whole, it is a tricky one, but I, till today, like in random times, I'll just burst out singing it. Um, that ho- the whole do re mi uh you know when they're in the field and then they go into the town and then the, the whole jumping up and down the stairs sequence and then yeah on the bikes as well on right? the bikes exactly how yes it goes in and out of music that whole scene i could watch 50 times in a row and never get tired of it that's my fantastic favorite. <laughs> i think i would have to go with um her strutting down the street near the beginning on the way to the new job singing i have confidence with her mm. little guitar case you know Yep. That's, that's like the iconic image and, and my favorite song, I think, from yeah. the whole movie. That's one that Good I choice. burst Good into choice. in my head, you know, every now and again. <laughs> Walking to work, <laughs> singing it in your head. Exactly. <laughs> I can do this, man. I can do this. Mm-hmm. I'm channeling Julie Andrews. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so anything, anything else about that movie that you kind of wanted to say that we haven't covered? No, I just, I think everybody knows that it's a classic. One of a kind. Everyone should watch it. Everyone should watch it. Definitely, yeah, man. And I think it's interesting, the the director, I do like the director, Robert Wise, who Mm -hmm. did, like, a few years earlier, he did um, West Side Story, which is another great musical. 
Um, I don't know. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen that one. I've heard about it. I'll put it on my list. <laughs> it's currently it's currently been it's just been remade by Steven Spielberg. So there's some controversy uh, over re over remaking such a classic movie and, and yeah. Um, so yeah, I would suggest I would always suggest with these things watching the remake first and then and watching the, the one that's usually better, the original. <laughs> mm. All right. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, the, that's that's our first uh, upbeat kind of uh, movie choice. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like any good kind of second act or middle part of a trilogy, things gonna get a little bit dark, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more um, serious, I think, in tone. Um, mm. And that's uh, so. What 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 was your second choice? You want to introduce My that second- one? choice was the hate you give um so this came this film came out in uh 2018 2018 yeah it's uh directed by george tillman jr who Mm -hmm. did uh, notorious which is another really good uh film about Mm -hmm. biggie um (laughs) this one takes as it's sort of of, well it's based on a book right it's based on the book by um angie thomas um Mm -hmm. And it has this sort of um, this two packy kind of theme running through it, the thug life kind of acronym. Yep, I think the hate that you give little infants f's everything, and this yes. is a little infant about to f everyone. Was that? Yeah. I think that last line in the movie. Right, right. One of the last lines. Yeah. So why why did you pick this film? Um, very, very different film. Very interesting movie. I hadn't, I hadn't seen it when, when uh, um, you said you wanted to talk about it. I made sure I watched mm. it today and oh, absolutely loved yeah. it. Why, why did you pick it? Well, it has such an important message, firstly. Secondly, it's a good, you know, clear picture of what is going on right now in the world you know it clearly in 2018 and today even more so you have all these um shootings and you know they involve black people and my dad who you know when we go to the states i worry about this because he 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 is fijian and he looks like a very large he is a very large dark man and Mm. you know just the smallest little things tend to set people off, you know, and it's unfair. So I I watched this movie and it hit so close to home because it, it was, you know, a issue that I thought about every time we did travel to another country. But then also just because of the message it sends and the movie itself, the acting is just incredible. Yeah, that's why I wanted to, to talk about it today. Right. Yeah, I think uh, Amanda Amanda Stenberg is is yeah. absolutely fantastic in, in the title role, and I I think of all exactly. all the films that I've seen um, around this subject in the last few years, there's been a really a, a, a explosion of films addressing uh, mm. race race relations and and kind of Black Lives Matter and and and. You know, I'm thinking of films like um, Selma, 
and 13th by Ava DuVernay, which were both mm. incredible. Um, if Bill Street Could Talk is another great example, um, which is Barry Jenkins' adaptation <clears throat> of the um, novel by James Baldwin. Brilliant, brilliant. I, I mm. highly recommend it. Very similar from a, from a female perspective. Um, <clears throat> but this, this more than all of them, I think, had me feeling very emotional. And, and that's, that's mm. not... Not too unusual for me to get emotional during movies. That's something that happens often um, because I think I, I very easily spirited onto that journey that we discussed at the beginning. Yeah. Have some uh, police sirens in the background here down on the mean streets of, uh, of Turak. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> nice background, background noise. Yeah, um, So, but I, I wondered why that was. I, I think it's possibly because of the because it's told from the sort of child's perspective, I think that mm. gives it a real raw emotional power. Exactly. And then, I mean, and and the um, the character in, in the movie has younger siblings, mm. you know, yeah. very young. And as do I. I think I watched this movie on a plane um, flying to the States with my younger siblings. And right. so... That last scene naturally had me in tears because I'm, it, you know, just relating it and thinking about the hate you give <laughs> and, you know, the children. Yeah. That, that must have been incredibly powerful on a, on a plane with your siblings going to the country where As, this is set with these worries is... that have occurred to you before. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that that's gotta that's gotta have hit you right in the feels, man. I can understand. <laughs> but that that's again that's that's kind of when when movies are are often at their most powerful. I mean, it's there's there's not it it must have been super powerful for you with all that kind of identification with all those things for you to hook on to, considering exactly. that for me where it was interesting without being anything that I could really relate to very specifically I could I could mm. sympathize but not empathize and still very powerful and emotional for me I can imagine hugely powerful and emotional for you yeah yeah was it is a it was a roller coaster of emotions watching it mm. which is good I think that you know you have to impact people in some way and if that's going to be the way and it works then do it yeah definitely uh so uh, there was the, the interesting distinction that i was kind of uh thinking of talking about with films uh, about films that kind of physically affect you films that emotionally affect you and things mm. films that intellectually affect you i think there's there's a bit of all three uh that kind of go into a lot of movies as, as you were mentioning yeah and this is one of them Exactly, exactly. But that that sort of powerful, like you say, that emotional <laughs> contact, that and that that response is very important. Hmm. Did is. you um, did did you watch Judas and the Black Messiah yet? The uh, the one that got a, a couple of Oscar wins. I don't think I have. No. Ah, uh, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, 
yeah, you should you should check that out. It's a, a back. It's taking it back to the kind of civil rights movement and mm. uh, Fred Ham- Fred Hampton and the, the FBI's interest in the Black Panther movement. So the the, the father is kind of a Black Panther in uh, okay. the Hate You Give, isn't he? Right. Um, yes. So yeah, yes. it's really interesting. I should highly recommend it. Okay. Um, so uh, um, once again. Good, good, Sorry. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, I, I think uh, we can now move on to the to the final choices. Mm-hmm. Um, choices plural because we uh, you were unable to decide between two yeah. movies, and I would not have asked you to decide because they Thank are both great, you. and Thank they you. are. Take it away. Finding Nemo and Moana. Amazing movies. And uh, and interesting links between the two, I, I can see already. Yeah. As a Pacific Islander, it's interesting exactly. that you chose two <laughs> movies that are set in the sea, in, in the mm-hmm. oceans. Uh, but there are there are far more things than that. That's a very superficial link, I think. <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, um, so let's let's start with Nemo. I guess let's 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 do this in order. You saw Nemo first. I'm, yes. I'm imagining. I did see Nemo first. Um, Nemo, Finding Nemo is another one of those movies that you watch at different stages in your life and they mean, you know, different things. I'm, you know, all it was to me when I was younger was the daddy fish trying to find his baby fish across the ocean. And that was basically that. Um, But, you know, as I grew older, my love for, like I said in the beginning, following adventure and being told a story and being able to you know go with the emotions through the whole thing um with finding nemo it was definitely that you know there was a there's a family aspect to it um single parent you know going to through great lengths to find his son crossing the ocean you know it's about making friends and making connections and then they um I think Marlin and Dory run into, you know, heaps of problems with other big fish. And so does Nemo, you know, and he, he finds friends that help him get back to his dad. And it's, there's just a lot of important life lessons that can be learned from the movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, overcoming adversity, right? And uh mm. So it, it is interesting, like you say, uh, like the, to pick up on the single parent angle. This is something that I'm I'm often in two minds about. That Disney does it a lot, kills off a parent early mm-hmm. on in the movie, very often. And what part of me kind of finds that a tiny bit um, emotionally manipulative. It, it, it instantly kind of means you, you you definitely feel sorry for that character. So it's it's uh, yeah, I have a slight issue with it on that respect. But then I on, on I do posit- too. A, I know yeah. a lot of like I mean my mom and dad when I was very young um, separated. So I was always with one parent or the other. I never had both you know in my life at the same time. And they were both, you know, they stood on their own and were both very strong and just great parents and nothing to feel sorry for them about, you know, they, I'm Mm. sure they went through, like everyone does, their own um, issues and and problems and, and all of that. But like, you know, no victimizing if 
if you if if that makes sense. Yeah. So I do get what you mean with the whole single parent. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. But then, but then, um, I I often, uh, in a more positive light, I kind of think to myself, well, it's it's quite nice that they're introducing the idea of death, the concept of death, into children's worlds, mm. uh, and and the grieving process. You know, because I, I, I the worst thing I think for kids or for anyone is this idea of re repression or like or or hiding things yeah um so i so i do like the idea that it's it's introducing this kind of adult um quite serious quite dark theme into their mm. movies so yeah i'm often in two minds about it and they do it a lot they do it a lot i mean all, all the way back to bambi that's the classic when bambi's uh yeah i think bambi bambi my brother and i were talking about this the other day actually we wanted to do a disney marathon um and I asked him, if there's one movie we can please skip, can it be Bambi? Because I remember that being quite traumatizing. <laughs> mm. When I watched as a kid, when you're watching his mom get killed off by hunters, and it didn't sit well with me, but it, you know, it was introduced at a young age. <laughs> I wonder, yeah, I wonder if, uh, because my, my memory of that is... I think I've only seen it as quite a small child, and my memory of it is also quite traumatic. I wonder. I wonder if to rewatch it now would be fairly Different. tame by comparison. Yeah. Yeah, but I I remember these kind of very sinister, kind of overarching, dominating shadows, kind yeah. of images and shadows, and and I remember it being incredibly dark. So that'd be an interesting one. Maybe hmm. um, maybe maybe I'll, I'll I'll go back and take a look at it and. I probably it might will make it too. into your into your Disney marathon. <laughs> well, you never maybe know. it might. Um, but back to back to Nemo. Uh, mm. What else? What else do you like? About, I would tell you one more thing that I think is interesting about Nemo, and that's that it is uh, it's a Pixar movie, right? Yes, it is. And Pixar um, had this this manifesto when they sort of broke away from Disney, which was um, we're not going to have any songs. So we're, we're taking a break from, mm -hmm. from kind of the love of sound and music and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and there's not going to be, there's not going to be any bad guys either. So I, I, these, these are really the kind of interesting things, I think, to introduce into children's movies. The idea that there isn't kind of good and evil, this kind of binary understanding of the world. And I think Pixar movies, I like that about them. They're quite nuanced and they're quite grown up. Uh, well, even yeah. better than grown up, they're quite intelligent, you know, because you have grown up films that are stupid. <laughs> but yeah, I think true, Pixar, true. Pixar kind of creates these very um, interesting philosophically. Uh, yeah, definitely film, uh, worlds for for kids. Exactly, like the in Finding Nemo, there there was no bad guy. There was just bad situations. You know, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It was like it was. There was no one person or one creature that was attacking or anything. It was just situations that they needed to work together in to get out of it, which was, you know, the, the whole point of the movie, why I like the movie is all those little lessons. Yeah. Hey, man. Cooperation and exactly. perseverance. Good exactly. stuff. Exactly. 
Um, okay, so that that was that's the first. I mean, we would be we could be here all day, I think, discussing Pixar and Disney movies, but we'll <laughs> we'll quickly move on Fine, to your yeah. second choice. Yes, Moana. Moana. I could talk all day and night about Moana. Um, it is the first Pacific princess, Disney princess, um, and I think they did it perfectly well. You know, there wasn't they, they used the canoes and they used the um, the fact that we have all these gods and and demigods and um, you know all these different spiritual beliefs and and all of that they used in the movie, which I really liked. Um, I watched the movie initially and I thought it was great. I loved it. Didn't really think too much of it. It was kind of shown to me, and yeah, great movie. And then um, there was a I, I saw someone post a conspiracy theory about Moana and Ooh. how the very beginning where she goes out in her canoe and um, yes, she goes out in, in her canoe and she gets toppled by some waves. And the theory was that she actually died, and her whole journey throughout the movie um, is her trying to find peace and get to her eternal resting place and Maui um, is her like guardian angel that helps her get there um, and it made, oh. made I don't know why I like that version better it made total sense to me because of just the representation you know how each character each you know thing in the movie represented something different that I could relate to the Pacific culture yeah yeah, so it becomes even even more sort of um, relatable with yeah. with those ideas. Exactly. That's a, that's an interesting theory. I'd not I'd not heard that one, and and I loved that kind of thing. You know that mm. that kind of alternative readings of movies. So we've already covered the fact that that you can look at a film with different eyes and with a different brain, in fact, and to completely reinterpret it at different points in your life. Yeah. But what I find kind of even, almost even more interesting, and this would happen a lot when I was a teacher, is that I would we would, I would screen a film for students, and and students would come up with these wild, interesting, alternative readings, and I would just be fascinated with the idea that one film could pro- provoke uh, yeah. such different interpretations. That many ideas. I love that yeah. idea. Yeah, I mean, other than you know that the film. Well, all the cultural aspects to it, me being a Pacific Islander and, and relating to it, like the grandmother, in the film, mm. uh, that... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the grandmother who dies, of course. Yes, so we, we, we've ticked exactly. The, the, that's the, the, the standard narrative trope for Disney. Yes, um, she... But I, I... Sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, I love that she has the um, the manta ray, right? The tattoo on her back. And she comes back as this as a amazing yeah. spiritual presence later in the movie. Um, exactly. at, the, at the crisis point. And I'm, I'm now reinterpreting even that scene uh, in mm. terms of your new reading of it. That she mm-hmm. is there in the, in the afterlife, in the underworld, guiding yeah. Moana. Yeah. Fascinating. And, I mean, I... It's... it's family oriented it, it gives you such a realistic um feel and view of what it's like to live in the islands in the village and 
you know, the work that they do, the spearfishing, the building, and the way that they teach, and how she is so close to her grandmother. I mean, I am, I was so close to both my grandmothers, one who has mm. recently passed away, and one who is still around, and I'm, I'm very close to. It's just that whole, the whole feel of that, this movie that is kind of, you know, you can, I feel like you could put a lot of Pacific Islanders in that position and they'll just totally get it. They'll totally just feel normal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's great. And I think it represents um, uh, an interesting part of, of Disney's journey towards non, I mean, to be a bit, I hate to sound like sort of quite academic about it, but not mm. non non patriarchal, non kind of westernized yeah. um, narratives and stories and identities being explored. I I think it's I think I I enjoy this a lot after spending many years being very down on Disney uh, after mm. loving them as a kid. So this is my Disney journey that I mentioned right. earlier. <laughs> loved loved the movies as a kid. Became a teacher uh of film studies and cultural studies and became very interested in identity politics and and cultural power and and the way that that power is in some ways supported by media images and and the images mm. that we see every day in in films and and on television so i yeah then that that so i started teaching in the early noughties um <laughs> and then it was you know maybe in the last decade or so uh, so after I'd been teaching for five or six years at university, that Disney started to 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 bring out some some different uh, representations and to ch challenge their own kind of ideas. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's you know I I feel Moana and that movie coming out was a was a step in the right right direction for them. I definitely feel um, that there's more you know things to be explored in the Pacific. Yeah, that they, one of the problems with it, I think that, that many people said was that it tried to cover the whole complex, diverse Pacific mm. Oceania kind of region mm. in one go, which is, which is bound to be un displeasing to some people. Yeah. But a step in the right direction, I think, as you put it, is, is a good way. Mm. I think um, I do remember reading as well when uh, a couple of years ago that that it that it, it it's um, there was a, a a Pacific historian and she was saying that she, what she really loved about the movie is that it addresses this this kind of unknown period in Pacific history in island kind of islander history where people did stop traveling you know the whole point of the story is that you know Moana's not allowed to go out because her father disallows travel and and mm. this this great tradition of seafaring and exploration and island hopping comes to a to, to a, a halt a in, in, yeah. in in that world and it, and it happened in pacific culture you know for like hundreds and hundreds of years people just stopped traveling and it's a bit of a mystery apparently as to why that happened i thought that yeah. was really interesting as well i think it's called the long pause or something the long pause i definitely want to do some research on that i didn't know that that was um that that happened but I mean, see, there's there's so many different things that you can explore in depth, you know, with the Pacific culture and, you know, all different islands 
you know, instead of trying to, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, Moana did try to cover all of it, everything at one go. Yeah, in depth, I think is what <laughs> yeah, I'm looking more, more for. More to come. <laughs> exactly. I enjoyed, did you watch, um, have you seen uh, Raya and the Last Dragon yet? Yeah. Just, just to I, jump to I the most haven't. recent. I have not. I know my little brothers have. Um, I'm sure one day soon I will be forced to sit down and watch with them. <laughs> but as of it's yet, quite... no, I haven't. I, I enjoyed that one. I enjoyed that one a lot. I went to the movies to watch it. Um, yeah, recommend it. And and uh, I guess maybe have you seen Soul, the, the, which is the newest Pixar one? I haven't you either. Are not, I you haven't, are not keeping up with your Disney I'm and Pixar's, not, are you? I'm really not. COVID's been stressful. <laughs> You'd think mm. I would have all the time in the world right now to just watch all these movies, but no, I've been very bad recently. I have to sit down and through them all when you get a second because you have you have lots to do unlike you know as a as a, as a training spouse as we discussed prior <laughs> to the interview i have a little more time on my hands i think maybe we can talk about a couple of the films that almost made it onto your list. So there were some really intriguing Definitely. ones on there. Um, so what, which films did you want, did you almost made it to that top three list? Um, Enough, which I, I, I'm not sure what year it came out, but Jennifer Lopez acted in it. And it's this super intriguing movie about... Um, the life of a woman who's being abused by her husband and she, you know, tries to get out of that situation and take her child with her. But her ex-husband, it just follows her all over the place, all over the country and just tries to make her life completely miserable. And she takes all this, you know, beatings and and, all this um, rubbish from him until one day she either sends her daughter off to, to live, I think think it's with an aunt or a friend, and she just trains and trains and trains and trains and readies herself to go and confront this man and you know, give him what he deserves. And yeah, it's just, it's her whole journey. It's so thrilling and it, it's so heartbreaking also. It's what so many women go through. Um, and not a lot of people come out of it like that. Mm. Um, yeah, I've watched it, I think, twice. I'm not sure if I've, I've seen it. I think I think when you mentioned it, I might have been thinking of another J-Lo film. So I, I think I'm definitely going to have to check that out. It's, like mm. you say, a very, very interesting twist on, on, on the on the on the the narrative of domestic abuse the idea of actually facing it head on and 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 sort of yeah. um training did you say she, she, so she trains she gets the sort of physical and she, emotional strength to exactly. confront her abuser exactly I like that idea mm, and it's it she takes you on this journey like it starts right in the beginning, you're right in the beginning there with her. She's, she's working at a diner and she's single and then she meets this guy and then it takes you through 
that whole life that they had together from you know being happy to where it started to all break down and and then to all the abuse and then the at the end where she she wins eventually but it's hard such a hard uh topic definitely definitely and and a hard and uh uh a relevant topic with around the world at the moment um Mm. covid and lockdowns people being locked down with abusers is exactly something that is creating a huge amount of concern Worry these worldwide. days yeah. yeah 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 so that was a movie so, that I, almost made it on my on my yeah. list <laughs> which is which is talking about facing adversity again I th- I'm, I'm trying to detect themes running through uh your yeah. movies your yeah. choices there's definitely there's definitely family and community mm-hmm. running through them this one i guess this one was very much about facing adversity mm. um maybe because the the representation of family was was a bit more dysfunctional that's why it didn't make it to the list you've got some really strong kind of family community kind ah of yeah yeah and then all that, of a that... sudden it's this movie that challenges <laughs> all of that <laughs> yeah yeah very subversive but you have to have those kind of things right it'd be boring mm. if you just watched one kind of movie exactly um, so what 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 was uh what were some of your other films that, that almost made it um you know all of the step up films any of the step up films as a dancer right. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> yes um i just take my hat off to all the dancers in the film because I know um, what it's like to put together a production, not of that magnitude. I've never done anything for a movie, but a one hour production full of choreography and training dances and, and, you know, syncing dances and learning choreography and changing choreography and training to physically be able to do that like 20 times in a row and give it your all. It's hard. It's a hard job. It's so physically demanding. And mm. I'm I'm so sure that making uh, a dance movie is 10 times harder. You, Because, you know, the different angles and the different takes that you have to do. And if something messes up, you need to you know, start again. And so I'm sure that like one of those dance scenes you would, film you know a good number of times <laughs> many many times yeah, yeah. So, something that's really interesting to me is how how these kind of films uh, musicals and especially musicals with big dance numbers pr- um you leave you you experience what you experience when you're watching them is a feeling of immediacy a feeling of this is happening right now right and i now. want to be a part yeah. of it and it's so exciting and it's so exhilarating and it's fascinating to think that more than any film as you say these are the most structurally complex and time consuming yeah. things so they they end up being feeling like the most immediate kind of experience is possible but behind that there's a huge huge amount of work like yeah. one of my favorite examples is is like the 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 tap dancing and things like singing in the rain i love singing oh yeah in the rain. Uh, and all the you know all the taps are 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 
recorded afterwards by like mm. the foley artist and the sound mm-hmm. effect artists and all the singing is is often overdubbed um yeah it, it, singing in the rain is a fantastic example for me of of a film that kind of questions its own relation as a musical and a dance number because it's all have you have you seen it i have seen it's, i saw it a while ago but i, yeah. I recommend a rewatch with your, <laughs> with, with your can your current brain and, and your current love mm. of dance and mm. and and you know uh, because it's a film about film so it's set in hollywood and it's all about like the film uh studios switching from silent movies to talkies and the, wow, the how yeah. music and that kind of thing and dancing comes along with it it's brilliant interesting brilliant. Yeah. yeah i will give it a go i'll watch it again <laughs> it's a good word it's a good non- <laughs> non-specific multi-purpose filler interesting uh-huh. Uh-huh. um so I think uh, you had one more film which intrigued me on your list of almosts, mm-hmm. uh, which was Tenet. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Inception. Did you put Tenet on there? Oh, I I put Tenet. Ah, okay. Oh, maybe brilliant. I did send you one with Inception. Yeah, <laughs> I did watch Tenet though more recently. <laughs> Yeah, but well, they—I think mean, they Christoph- both have the kind of uh, same kind of idea. Yeah, definitely. Christopher Nolan's a very interesting director. I think um, mm. weird sort of dreamlike states are, are, or or even just like sh- memory states are are quite prevalent in his movies. Yeah. I think let's let's talk Tenet then uh, because I I I've seen that too and I kind of loved that. I think it might be. Apart from his very early films, I think Tenet might be one of my favourites of his, just because mm-hmm. it's so out there. I like it more than Inception, I think, which... Yeah, yeah. it was very out there. Um, it's also <laughs> so mind-boggling. I mean, the last scene, I, I had to watch that I, three times. Because, you know, they're, like, they have one team going forward and one team going backwards and they're like trying to undo and redo each other's stuff in this war and it's just it's crazy it's crazy that someone can think of that and bring it to life in a movie and have it make sense yeah and that's the crazy thing as well right how it kind of makes sense you do you have to i've only seen it once i'd love i'm really looking forward to watching it again because it's that kind Mm. of movie but the the idea of these disparate timelines somehow meeting up and these things need to happen sometimes yeah. forward sometimes backwards, backwards in order for everything <laughs> to kind of happen in the right order yeah it's, yeah. it's mind-boggling as you say good mm-hmm. description but i like i kind of oh, i think i prefer it over films like inception because it seems like it doesn't 100 percent take itself seriously especially like the main baddie the russian who is, of course, um, Kenneth Branagh, like one yeah. of the most English people in the world, doing yeah. a terrible, doing... evil Russian accent. Exactly. And he's having a lot of fun with it, man. So, yeah, I like the sort of tongue-in-cheek as well as hyper-complex, mind-boggling ideas. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's one of those movies that I don't think I'll ever understand completely. Um, I had to watch no. it a couple of times to, like, try and understand it a little bit or how it was it was playing out the way it was 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I I like I like that about his movies. I like I I liked his Batman films, Christopher Nolan. I thought they were good because they sort of explored that dark psyche element, uh, the idea of like people who have very particular takes on reality, right? Mm. So, um, like the like the Leonardo DiCaprio character in uh, Inception. Inception. I, yeah. I like the way that Batman, the Batman films, kind of fit in almost with its other films, even though they're kind of comic books and they're clearly not his ideas. Exactly. But I think still my favorite Christopher Nolan movie would be his first very early one uh, which he did called memento i don't know if you've ever heard of that i have it it's uh, i think you'd really like it i kind of a little bit like tenet it's about a guy who can't make he's he's had a brain injury so he can't make any new short-term memories he has long-term memories he knows mm. who he is and he has these memories of like about a, of years ago but his brain can't make any new memories so in order to make you feel the way that he feels, the film is shot backwards. So you get the last scene first and you only things only get explained to you as they go backwards they go in time. Backwards. Yeah, it's it's really, really interesting. And he's trying to figure out who killed his wife during a burglary. So there's a really cool, dramatic mm. tension in, uh, to it. Um, yeah, highly recommended, man. It's like a... A, a far it's it sounds complicated but it's nowhere near the mind boggles of of tenet it mm. works as a really good linear story just backwards yeah um but yeah very very powerful and i think it's, it's still my favorite christopher nolan movie oh awesome i'll watch it i'll put that also on my list <laughs> That's the good thing about this, right? This podcast, I'm hoping that I will get um, ideas from people and that you will give those ideas to anyone that listens to the podcast. Mm. And then also a few of my own ideas thrown in as well. Yeah, definitely. What, what, what could people want from, from lockdown? Exactly. Well, um, I think we're, we've been talking for like an hour now. We're doing very well. <laughs> yeah. um, so we might kind of wrap up. Mm. Um I did have some, one last question that I sort of put on the list to you was, um, are there any things in movies that you'd like to see that you, that we don't see very much at the moment? And that could be, we've maybe touched on it a little bit, but, but maybe that'd be a good place to leave it. Yeah. What I would think, you um, like to see? I did. This is a tricky one. And I think I, I thought about it um, quite a lot. I do like the idea that our Pacific culture is very untouched and in a way a secret. And, you know, it's, it's, there's a way of telling these stories um, locally and, you know, like passed down through generations that I love. I love the idea of that. But I also would love to see a little bit more Pacific representation in movies. Not, I'm not sure if I want, you know, our stories and myths and legends out there i kind of like that that's a secret that's something special to us um but i do definitely want to see some type of pacific representation in in more films right I, I, this is something that i that i've always that i've kind of marveled at in the in the couple of years that i've been living here that there's a, a huge film making tourism thing that happens here where fiji says 
we're very beautiful bring your camera crews and come and make your movies here but those movies aren't ever about Fiji yeah. there isn't a kind of like a domestic kind of film exactly. industry or if it or if it is it's not something that I've really experienced there was that film Vai that came out a couple of years ago Yep. which is very beautiful but that's like one one movie uh, exactly. which kind of seems it ticks a lot of the boxes that you're after right like a mm. contemporary look at pacific island lifestyle that mm-hmm. that leaves some of those myths and legends behind and and perhaps some of those stereotypes as well and is interesting and new and challenging and real um mm. but yeah just like one movie so so yeah i i think i would like to see that as well yeah well, we hope, uh, you know, someone listens to this and hears our call and <laughs> comes out here and makes something. Yeah. Or someone here. Someone or here. someone here. I think there's a lot of talent um, bubbling away. You know, I think this is a very, from what I gather, and I'm kind of new on the scene here, of course, but it seems like the creative industries are going through a bit of a boom at the moment. I mean, and you're you're kind of a part of that, right? Is that would that be your understanding as well? Definitely in the last five years, maybe. Yeah, definitely. There's there's so many people and so many different groups of people that have come out with all this different talent. Like Fiji's just exploded, you know, over the last five years with talent. And I think even more so during the lockdown period, there is no space for um, anything else, anyone else to come in and do anything. We're all just, you know, one, doing it for ourselves and two, um, doing things to try and stay, um, what's the right word? Not afloat. I mean, professionally, yes, we're all coming up with, with ways to stay afloat and, you know, keep everything going. But then there are people who, I saw today a video of a girl who's just sitting in her room and she's just recording herself singing a song and it's absolutely amazing. Her voice is just so angelic. It's, you know, this this girl has like, what, 50-something followers on her account and just decided maybe I'll, you know, record myself singing and just out of nowhere. That's incredible. Yeah. I love that. And you'll have to send me that link as well. There's there's a lot of shares that we're going to have to do with each other after on the back of this this discussion. But I I love that. And I love the idea that like she's just got 50 50 views, you know, and it's this wonderful little moment and and we're we're getting to experience it. It's not kind of contrived. It's not designed to get a bunch of likes or hits or traffic. It's just like you say, it's just this one, this girl's attempt to stay afloat and to buoy herself a little bit in in trying times yeah and a lot of it i think i mean a lot of it is not for any sort of financial gain or fame it's just it's their like expression no one can leave the house no one you know can do anything outside anymore i mean currently we're in lockdown so everyone's just you know coming out with all this amazing cool stuff that they're finding out about themselves I guess at home it's beautiful it's beautiful to watch yeah that's a, a wonderful positive spin I think on 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 a slightly on, on, a, on a negative situation it's yeah. it's good that 
some uh, something is coming of it. And and I do think I think Fiji is doing really well. I I think you know when you look at how how long we were COVID free here, that was exactly. fantastic. And and I and I think with the the current situation, it it yeah. It, it might be okay, but if not, then it just gives me more time to make podcasts. Which exactly. <laughs> and, sca- and scope social media for, for, yeah. for more heartfelt renditions of songs. Exactly. Who knows? Who knows? Well, good time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, we, we've been going over an hour now, and I think that's, that's probably a good, a good time to, to wrap it up. Yeah. I would like to say thank you very, very much, man, for being a fascinating um subject interview subject um for sharing your ideas about movies and your memories and uh the pleasures that you derive from watching films thank you so much for having me this is the first podcast i've ever done so you're a natural and uh, uh, thank you you've been wonderful i i yeah (laughs) um uh yeah it's it's i've done quite a few now um, but I, I just don't think I'm getting any more professional. I, th- I think possibly because <laughs> I don't ever, I, I don't ever listen to podcasts. I just uh... kind of want to make them. But there you go, there you go. But I've enjoyed this a great deal, yes, and, and I, and I, I hope to. that anyone that that has been listening enjoys it. And uh, yeah, look forward to many more soon. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. All right, bye bye, Katia. Goodbye.